0: Welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. My name is Andre, and I'm here with my wife, Leah, and we are back to talk about what it means to follow Jesus in a post-Christian culture. It has been a few weeks since we've done this. Yeah. Actually, we did an episode that we haven't published yet. We have. To, I have to edit it about letting things go.
1: Yeah. That
0: was an interesting conversation. I don't know if it was spoiled, though, with Charlie shrieking in the yeah. background.
1: <laughs> You'll have to see, because he definitely was loud at the end.
0: Yeah. I'm very happy that the Christmas season is in.
1: Is it in? This has never happened to me
0: before. I've never started the Christmas season this early.
1: Yeah, I've definitely started the music listening.
0: I think it's the coronavirus and all the craziness of this year, the election and all the end of the world things that makes us want to just like cling to something positive and joyful and something that pulls us out of here and now.
1: Yeah, this is the year that no one can say it's too early because it's like, you know, it's too late 2020 We've had enough of you. Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye. Let's just have some good vibes. Yeah
0: Yeah, so i'm playing the christmas music all out. Yeah, I started it last week, which is like record for me. Yeah Uh, What are we talking about? uh, This week
1: So I think this is a really interesting topic. I think everyone it's human nature to experience fear so and i don't i'm not even sure where how i even stumbled upon this joe rogan episode cuz i i've heard people talk about joe rogan i've never listened to an interview by him but for some reason i was interested and i started listening to the one he had with kanye west um maybe because like he's the
0: most recent one
1: yeah did he have a few with him yeah. or something? But just because Kanye has been you know, on the headlines and like saying he's a Christian now, so I was like, okay, I want to see what he has to say. And there's this idea that he kept repeating in the interview, and it was the idea of fear and how it is, the way he said it, it's like the disease that controls the human race and, and prevents a lot of good from happening. And fear and worry is what kind of plagues us in our day-to-day, and I I just really thought that was interesting, and we've been talking about it the past few weeks with mm-hmm. you and kind of adding on our thoughts about it. So I think that's what we're going to talk about today.
0: I think um, it's also connecting to, like, I've been thinking about this idea of courage, like how is courage important in the Christian life? It's been, like, rolling around in, my, in the back of my mind for the last year or so, so it, like, connects with that. Yeah. And so when we say fear, do we— specifically mean like people who struggle with anxiety or are we talking more broad
1: i think it's more broad it can include a lot of different things it definitely is like anxiety is under the umbrella of fear but i think fear manifests itself in so many different ways whether it's anger or insecurity or um you know like being extremely closed up or um, super careful and measured, and planned and scheduled, and like refusing to be um, spontaneous and on any occasion. There's a lot of different manifestations of it. Yeah, but I think it's all under this. Um, it all has one root.
0: Yeah, I think um, fear as a general category. So anxiety is the result of fear that is gone out of control in your life. Mm-hmm. So anxiety is usually going to be connected to fear always but the work of fear in our hearts is way bigger than just anxiety yeah i think the work of fear in our hearts can um start to like soak into everything the way we see the world you know especially in a world like today Uh, There's so much to worry about and so much to be concerned about. And we are addicted to a media culture where we're constantly getting updates on crisis, crisis, crisis. Yeah. That's how the media makes money um, if they make headlines about the craziest things going on. And so we get this unrealistic sense that the world is constantly falling apart, constantly in crisis, constantly. And um, that does something to your heart. It does something to your mind. And um, it seems like today, I was just thinking about this, you know, it seems like so much, like like fear almost has soaked into like the very fiber of who we are, the way we see the world. It's colored our whole lens to be on guard and afraid of certain things and avoiding certain things. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, and I think fear is tricky because as you're describing what you're saying like fear of you know events and crises in the world like i think a lot of people would say well i don't how i don't really stay up at night worrying about the big world right i don't really like for even for me like i don't i can't really say that a lot of these bigger world events are causing a ton of fear in my heart i think for a lot of us we experience fear in the day-to-day relational aspects um when it comes to parenting and marriage and friends and church community. Mm -hmm. So when we don't have fear towards the bigger things, but it's the smaller things in our life, Mm -hmm. we think, well, that's not fear. That's just worry. Or we, we, we label it differently, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So it's just, there's so many different avenues that it can be expressed that people might like dismiss it and say, I don't have a problem with fear because I don't worry so much about the big stuff in the
0: world. Right. But I think, yeah. So the way to check our fears, the way to check our heart for fear, I think, is yeah, it's um, it's to ask ourselves what are the governing forces in my decision making in my life. Yeah. So lots of times, question. like how, what, what nudges me into various decisions? Yeah. Take this job, date this person, not date this person, uh, buy avoid this, this thing, avoid that conversation. Uh, reach out to that person or not, buy this thing or not. Um, You know, like, everyday life decisions. Um, Oftentimes, uh, they, without us fully realizing it, um, our, the way we respond to the world around us, so fear forces you, uh, so we can kind of dive into, like, maybe the psychology of fear. Like, what it does to our mind, what it does to our thinking, and then from there we can talk about like biblically how it you know connects theologically. But what fear? What does fear do to us? Fear puts us in a posture where uh, we are constantly watching out for the threats in our life that we perceive to be the the realistic or significant threats. Yeah. You know, so like losing my reputation is a threat that I yeah. want to avoid. Yeah. And so we all have those things that we don't want. You know, we we, we want to avoid those things, and that, in a way that's healthy. Like, yeah, watch out for the things that are going to hurt you. Yeah, that's normal. But but when fear takes over a sinful heart, it causes us to start to build our lives around those things, around avoiding those things, right? So so your decision making is about the things you want to avoid right, in life, right. rather than the things you want to accomplish in life. So it's like it's like, you know, it's, it's like the glass half empty. It's of course you, again, we make decisions and we make those decisions based on, we want to avoid bad results, but the driving force of our decision-making in life should be that we seek certain good, certain results, certain achievements, certain goals that we want to accomplish in life. Right.
1: Despite the obstacles or the threats.
0: Right. Right. So, um, Fear puts us in a posture where we are constantly trying to avoid the icebergs. Uh, And in the process, oftentimes what that results in is um, uh, you're weaving through the icebergs, but then you forgot where you were going. Yeah. So you dodged the icebergs, but like, where did you end up actually? Where's your life going? What are you about? You know, so like in an extreme way, when you look at media today, like, Uh, more and more you know what we call negative polarization people are more defined by what they hate than what they love yeah the things that they perceive to be the threats and the dangers around them rather than the things that they love aspire to cherish and value you know so we don't so what fear does to your mind over time it it uh, it doesn't cultivate deep loves It just cultivates things that you dislike and want to avoid. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. So give some examples of what um, having a fear-governed decision-making habit might look like. Because the word is so general that it can be dismissed. But I think, like, I think um, tending to over-explain yourself out of fear of being misunderstood... Right. out of fear of protecting your reputation is a fear that's governing your decision communication it's, commu- it's, it's in relationship it's taking over how you say everything how you want to be perceived I think yeah. that's a very common one that people might not even see in themselves yeah like,
0: so you're afraid that that person won't like you or won't hear you correctly or won't really know that you really like them or you wish them good and so because of that fear you are over explaining over bending over backwards Trying to be too nice and like um, stressing about how you are perceived, rather than communicating out of a free heart and a free love to that person, at the risk of being maybe misunderstood. You yeah, know what I'm saying.
1: What are some other ones that you can think of? Maybe like helpful thinking, to...
0: planning our futures. Um, like, should what 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 kind of career pathway should I choose, or what what decisions should I make? You know, financially. I think young people are a constant crossroads, yeah. right? Like with our jobs and careers and education, right? And so like what is? So oftentimes um, we make our decisions based on like, well, I don't want to end up like this or I don't want to end up like that. And so because of that, they seek um, maybe like a more – I don't know how to say it like safe option yeah. Yeah. financially or – but it's not necessarily coming out of a deeper conviction of like, because like, career choice is a big deal.
1: Yeah, and there's a, a lot of wisdom deal. that needs to go into it. You don't want to. And take you need every to risk.
0: invite God's guiding spirit to yeah. calling. Like I more and more, I be, I'm just cultivating this idea of calling. Like God calls us on mission, right? Make disciples of all nations, and that calling is manifested in a thousand different ways in our lives. And so like we. God answers prayers. God answers and gives wisdom about how you should choose your career pathway. But that, but, but, how do you get that answer? You know, James says, you know, come to Him, ask. Uh, Proverbs says, invite a multitude of wisdom. There's ca- in, in a multitude of counsel, there's wisdom. Yeah. So like, there's pathways to wisdom. They're there, but are you taking them? You yeah. know. So um, out of fear, we will often calculate our threats and to take the safe option rather so so fear cripples your perspective fear 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 limits you from thinking like you know what if i have nothing to lose what uh what are the options in my life what are the goals i want to set for god's kingdom what, what are the gifts he's equipped me how do i want to if i were to risk it all
1: yeah. How what would, would I live you do for God? If you are not afraid.
0: Yeah. Or like that I, I thought you were quoting Kanye, but you weren't. Summarizing when you said. him. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's a very interesting question. What would you do if you weren't afraid? And so, you know, Paul says in Timothy, he says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of boldness and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Like God has uh, given us a life of confidence because we find that confidence in the gospel. We'll get that in a minute. But um, so so fear, ironically, I think it causes us to build our lives around the things we most dislike
1: and the things we want to avoid. Yeah, which is so ironic. Right? Think about it. Hardship, pain, relational pain, um, failure of possible um achievements or dreams or you know loss of loss of money loss of friendship there's just so many things that we fear
0: but like think about how ironic that is like you you don't like these things you want to avoid them and because of that you end up building your whole whole life around them yeah like the things that you want out of your life become the central things yeah because of fear you know yeah I think the other thing that fear does um, is it it puts us in the driver's seat. It so it when when we're in self-preservation mode, so like I want to preserve my um, you know my reputation from these people's criticisms. Yeah. So when I'm in that mode of self-preservation, I'm in the mode of protecting myself. I'm in the mode of avoiding the threats, and that is a control mode.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: a mode of me. I'm in charge of my life. I am actually the savior of my own life. Um, fear locks us into a self-salvation mindset. I need to make these decisions so that I can avoid these things. You know, very often fear and how it drive. You know, why fear leads to anxiety is because you're trying to be God. Yeah, you can't control your circumstances. Yeah, you really can't. The world is beyond you, right? So it, it's like a cycle that tightens itself more and more because you're trying to be your savior. You're trying to control your life and avoid these things that you're afraid of.
1: Yeah, you weren't created to fill that role. You weren't created to um, be comfortable in this attempt to control your entire life. So when you try to fill that, those shoes, it's gonna lead to more fear and more anxiety. And it's, I thought I just thought it was so interesting how, isn't it like one of the most common commands of the Bible is "Do not fear."
0: Like it is actually the most the common most command common
1: because God knows that our fragile, frail hearts are constantly going to be, you know, defaulting to fear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's just hum- the human experience, and He continually tells us not to.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. The crack, you know, it seems like. If that's one of the, if that's the number one command, it is the number one command in the Bible. That also points to the fact that fear is where you are most likely to crack in your faithfulness and belief and obedience in God. So it's not as much uh, maybe lust or temptations or things that attract you that are most prone to make you run from god and from your god-given task Mm -hmm. it's fear and so i think that because that that makes perfect sense because god calls us to faithfulness and faithfulness means going onto the battlefields with the joy of the gospel in our hearts Mm -hmm. but those battlefields are scary yeah and when we get there and we face the goliaths or whatever um you start to doubt you know, that's like the number one thing, you know, in the story, the Exodus story. Um, God is saving them. God is leading. God is guiding. And they keep doubting. They keep being, because of fear.
1: Right. Oh, no, but the Egyptians.
0: A- oh, no, the desert. Oh, no, we don't have water. So there's constant threats.
1: Right. And it's it's funny because through through scripture and all the stories, the history of the church you just see over and over again. And in your own life, when God calls you into those battlefields, he's not calling you like you go and you do it's like you go and I will I will be there I'll show up and I'll do my work you just have to have faith and go yeah. and I think so much in in our like our personal life even like the experience with you know doing foster care and all these things that God like called us into that I had so much fear about there's always this continual lesson of like when he's calling you he's not saying you go walk the plank on your own have the strength on your own, it's like he's gonna be there. he's gonna show up for the battle he's he has the victory, he has the strength um but and- he's
0: gonna show up in a way that you didn't expect yeah, you know it's like in Narnia they have to you know especially the second one, Prince Caspian, one of the challenges is it's like they have to they have to wait for Aslan right they have to wait for his instruction and because they're getting antsy and anxious. and and afraid they strike before he comes and they fail yeah so their fear pushes them into an action that trusts more in themselves than waiting on god god will show up late on purpose almost every time yeah because he wants you to trust him right you know so like we're kind of getting ahead i want to back up a little bit and like biblically theologically how does fear like so we talked about how it, it it puts you in control you know it it takes over your decision making it can have a potential to like be this underpinning like like underground like drive of your life yeah if your main thing is you want to avoid or maybe you're raised in a certain way you want to avoid becoming like your parents yeah you want to avoid financial hardship you want to avoid heartbreak in relationship you want and so these deep deep fears almost like undercurrents you yeah. don't even see them right. but they drive but they the control biggest control yeah. you know decisions of your life so like biblically it's interesting because when you look at genesis 3 when they sinned one of the first results of sin was fear fear yeah. they ran they they saw that they were naked and they ran to hide from god
1: yeah
0: um so in that self preservation fear Puts us in in our own self control. Uh, we are the, our own saviors, and in it, it that that's where our foolishness takes over, uh, because uh, we run from God. Mm-hmm. You know, fear is essentially rooted in our sinfulness, because fear means hiding, because we know deep down we are inadequate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, why do we have fear? Because deep down we know we are weak. Right. Because we can fail, Mm -hmm. because we don't have full control of our circumstances, because we sometimes are, uh, you know, judged in our relationships or we say the wrong things or we make the wrong investments, decisions, right? Like deep under that is our sinfulness and our frailty. Yeah. That's like the root of fear. And so, you know, that imposter syndrome.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Of what you know that can take I'll be you
1: discovered, and I'm a fraud.
0: Yeah, like they'll they'll know, you know, no matter how successful you become, there's this imposter syndrome that, like, well, what they'll know that I'm not, I don't have it all together. But that so that goes back to that Genesis 3 condition we are fallen and we are marred, we are, uh, we are dirty. Yeah, we, we, we don't want to be seen in the open. Mm-hmm. We want to hide, so that condition it instinctively forces us to hide from God.
1: Yeah, and, and from one another, it
0: alienates us, and because it alienates us from God and from others, it is a it's a vicious cycle of foolishness and and destruction. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it's interesting how like in the whole Bible, God is confronting sinfulness, but as He's confronting sinfulness, He's confronting our fear our weakness you know so in the gospel god so, so the, the scary thing about the gospel right is that you have to come out into mm-hmm. the light yeah. and to be like i am wrecked i'm a wretched sinner i uh, i need salvation there is nothing i can bring mm-hmm. like that one of the main ideas of the gospel we can bring nothing total yeah. depravity there's nothing that i have to bring our righteousness mm-hmm. is like filthy rags you know isaiah says mm-hmm. so that total complete surrender is washed by god's grace in christ mm-hmm. and we are we are cleansed completely we are made righteous yeah you know like this is where theology like impacts psychology so much like yeah we don't meditate enough on justification by faith alone this doctrine like, I am justified by faith in Jesus. That's it. That's all, the only thing I need to surrender and lean and depend and trust in Christ alone. Not on my works. Right, Which the my, fact my, my... that
1: nothing I can do or have done or can do in the future will impact like my standing before Christ. I am justified forever and I can have the freedom to admit I am so weak and this is actually normal and God doesn't expect me to be perfect because his name is on my head forever. Like My standing is forever cemented before God the judge. And I think when that's not something you just constantly meditate on or think through, you're constantly going to be wallowing in fear and trying to prove yourself. Doubt. And trying to, you're going to be worrying about your, your reputation and your stance before God and before man.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it's, const, it's the place that your heart is always returning to. Yeah. A justification by works. Yeah. You know, being justified by what I've done. And... Um, you know that's that, that's the interesting thing because that's that was like the crux for Martin Luther in the Reformation that was it that this idea Sola fide like he had a guilty conscience and he was afraid like Martin yeah. Luther was driven by his fear of judgment yeah no matter how much he was a monk memorized scripture did all the right steps he felt filthy mm-hmm. before God and there was fear in his heart and you know when he discovered that, Romans one sixteen, you know, the just are, you know, the, um, the just shall live by faith, mm-hmm. the righteous are justified by faith. Uh, that is like liberty, yeah. freedom that, that unlocked the entire Bible to him. Yeah. So that completely Christ resets our entire view of ourselves. Like it's huge, like to feel the implication of that. Like, wow, because I'm still in the body broken. Yeah. I am still in a broken world. I still have sinful desires. I still fail every day, right? So like I always want to go back to this idea that like uh, somehow it's related to what I do, my my standing before God. Yeah. But justification by faith alone, like when we believe in Christ, trust in Christ, every failure of every day is a reminder to us of his grace.
1: Yeah.
0: And how much we are not justified by our... You know, so like I think Christians need to root in this, like we need to like marinate on this doctrine.
1: Yeah, because when we do our our failings and our mistakes and our sin and our weakness doesn't trip us up, doesn't make us afraid to again then go and mess up again. Like we can embrace our weakness in the healthy way because we know this is who we are and we've been washed clean we have been justified and we don't have to constantly be like just wallowing in how could I have done this again or I'm going to just mess up again. It's like, well, yes, look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a weak sinner and I've been cleaned by Christ. So I just think that like disarms a lot of the fears that we might have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because You have to start to believe that the righteousness that you have in Jesus and the total, complete acceptance that God the Father bestows upon you as his child because of the gospel. You have to believe that that is more real in many ways than your own daily sense of failure and weakness. Yeah. And that, when you understand that, because our daily pain is real yeah it's still real our daily fears of the world are still real right but you have to learn to like okay what is more real what is more fundamental yeah. it's almost like it's almost like you know like um did we watch ready ready player one together we did that yeah, right. Okay. So. yeah about that that you know when everybody's in a video game mm-hmm. it's like which one is more real and uh which world is more real it's like it's almost like you're living in this broken body. Mm -hmm. But this age, this this broken world age is less real than the age to come. And even though we can't unplug from this age and wake up in the new creation right now, we're stuck here. Mm -hmm. Christ's life is still in us. His joy, his truth drives us onward to the new creation, to the new kingdom. But it only comes through this world. But mm-hmm. you can only you can only charge into battle. You can only be courageous and growing and confronting your fears if you truly believe in the supremacy of the new creation Christ has begun in you and the supremacy of that coming world. Mm-hmm. And that that cultivates in me a skepticism toward my own fears. Yeah, you know, oh man. I preached a sermon and I messed up. What mm-hmm. did, what did people think or what, you know, or I yeah. said that thing to that person and, and I tried to say it right and I didn't and then now they're mad at me like I'm such a failure. Yeah. You know, or I flunked my exam. Yeah. What is this going to mean now for my career, for my future? Everything starts falling down. No, like we fail, yes. But my foundation is the sovereign hand of the Father who leads me through this world into the next.
1: Yeah. So with all that understanding practically because this is it it can be hard to bring that down on the everyday level of like when I experience fears how do I then stop my emotions and and just think well in Christ I am justified the gospel is more real than my fear so like you know how how does that look like in our day to day Actual struggle. It's not like we just stop in the middle of our fears and instantly it's a, right. it's a solution or a quick fix. Yeah, because this is something that is it has to be a practice of uprooting our fears and confronting right. them.
0: I think that this idea of stop your emotions, and again, I know that you didn't really mean in that way, but I'm really skeptical of or like our. I again, I'm going to sound bad when I say this, but I'll clarify. When, when we say like control your emotions or stop your bad emotions, um, there's a way that that can be taken that is very unhealthy. Uh, that's in a sense of like stop the river from flowing. Like suppress. Suppress.
1: Right.
0: You know, stop the river from flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't stop your emotions. The, your emotions are flowing out of your heart. They are coming from a source. Yeah. So dealing with our emotions and fighting against uh sinful emotions is not a matter of setting up a dam across the river and Mm -hmm. stopping it from flowing Mm -hmm. it's a matter of following the river to the source and and cutting off the source so i think when we so our emotions especially our fears the things we fear like what if i fail this exam that's it my whole career is ruined or what if she doesn't what if she doesn't want to date me? Or what yeah. if she says no? Yeah. Or what if, you know, all these different what ifs yeah. that plague our minds. These are indicator lights of the things that our heart treasures. Yeah. So that is like, it's a powerful moment of a mirror. It's like you sit there stressing about stuff. This is a moment where you can say, whoa, let's zoom out. What do all these fears say about my heart? And what do I treasure? What do I value more? Yeah. You know, I value uh, financial security. Yeah.
1: That
0: th- that's why I'm so anxious about this job.
1: Yeah.
0: I value uh, I really value people and th- them liking me. Yeah. That's why I'm so anxious about what I said and what they said and how it all could have gone. Yeah. You know, I value control. That's why I am uh, you know, reexamining how I should have done that job differently or you know, designed that one product or whatever you're doing, you know, differently. Um, So your fears and emotions, they are indicators of an upstream source of an idol at the top of the hill there that stands and the emotions flow from there.
1: So primarily we have to address the root of our fears and not just I'm every day fearing what's going to happen in the future. I don't know what my future holds so... I just need to trust God. Just trust God. He's good. He takes care of me. And, you right. Know, that like doesn't answer anything. We slap like, band-aid that's, yeah. things on our just fears. Just trust God. And then we move on. Well, guess what? Tomorrow, that fear is going to come in even stronger because you haven't done the difficult work, the fine-tuning of your heart weaknesses and tendencies and fears and addressed them with, with specific truths like poured in God's word specifically into your areas of weakness, into your areas of insecurity and what ifs and fears. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah so you have to climb that mountain to find that idol and and, 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 and just face it that, yeah. that like wow, you know basically like another way to ask the question is what 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 do I desire and what do I seek that I think will give me that peace? Yeah. If only I had this really nice career set, that's it. Yeah. I could I could be at peace. Yeah. You know, like, or if only like just all these people. Married. If only I get married. If I just have a husband, I have a wife, I have a family, so I, I can relax. It. You know. Yeah. So you go up to those idols and you ask you you ask yourself, is this really the gospel?
1: Yeah.
0: Is this really your salvation? Like, okay. Let's pretend you got all of the things that you desired, and you think that would solve all your fears. What would happen then? A new host of fears would arise. Yeah, yeah. You have that best career. Now you're gonna have to hang on to it. Yeah. People get to where people get to the top in their career, and then now they have the anxiety of not losing it right. or climbing next to the ladder.
1: Yeah. Our fears are a lot of times like little spikes we set up around our idols to protect them. And if you don't want to face your idols, like there's probably a bunch of them and your fears are just an indicator of the little idols you're trying to protect and wrap.
0: Yeah, idols are like weeds. It's not like I have this one idol, money, and that's it. No, no, your heart is an idol factory like John Calvin said. it's a
1: graveyard full of stuff.
0: And so they're, they're always springing up. Yeah. You know, like weeds and there's giant weeds that need to be tackled and there's little ones. And the little ones are often connected under the ground to the bigger ones. So like there's it's a whole it's, root it's, system. Yeah, so it's like understanding your heart. Everybody has different heart tendencies. Yeah. You know? And so we have different sections of our garden that tend to grow bigger weeds than others. And so just understanding that and bringing that to God. I think uprooting the idols, uh, uprooting our fears is 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 really um putting the spotlight on the idol and showing it to be much weaker than I thought. Yeah. So the thing I fear most rejection. Okay. So what if everybody rejects me? What, what then? you know, like, and realizing, you know, like what is my true foundation? If I are, if you're a Christian, it still comes back to, um, if you're a true Christian, it still comes back to the fact that your your true joy is in Jesus. Your true joy is in the gospel, in the kingdom, in His word, in the spirit that guides you and leads you. You want to get that. Um, and your true like joy is gonna come there. So you, when you face that idol, you realize what a little thing it is. What a, what a what a unpowerful thing it is. You expose it, and it becomes less. It's like the Wizard of Oz. You know, it's like they pull, pull back, back the, the curtain, curtain, and it's and just a he's funny old
1: man who has yeah. no powers. And it's, I think it takes a lot of hard work and intentionality to disarm your idols because our fears feed them with power and they grow
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the more we want to protect them. But it's not so much like, think about it for a day. What are your idols? You know, address it. And it, it's going to take work. You have to be intentional and, and conscious of your emotions when they come out. You're and It's like, again and again, reminding yourself of truth and combating that mm-hmm. And I think in, like, specifically in, like, relationships or fear of protecting your reputation or, you know, like, we're called to be disciples, we're called to love one another and love something that, like, a side idea that I think I've continued to struggle with and something that you've continued to tell me is when it comes to people, whether it's the church, my friends, my siblings, or clients, um when you fear that like the the opposite of fearing them is to love them. Mm-hmm. Opposite of fear is is love. And love takes so much courage. It takes so much um like strength to overcome your own like well what if i say something and they get upset or what if i somehow offend them and then they you know misunderstand me and all this stuff like fear that comes into relationships that prevents us from speaking truth to our friends who In our hearts, we know that we need to speak certain truths to them because maybe there's scenarios in their life that they're continuing to live in or confronting certain things. Like, we let fear prevent us from doing the right things. It prevents us from being bold, prevents us from really loving people the way we're called to love them. And that's a huge thing that I think we all need to watch out for and root out on our hearts because the biggest way we're called to love is to is to love one another in relationship mm-hmm. and if there's a lot of fear in that there's not really going to be a lot of healthy discipleship going on mm-hmm.
0: i think yeah it always starts with just dis- rediscovering god's love so like what is it that gives me the courage well it's only when my heart is full of the love of the father like yeah when i am full of his love i really don't need anything else like to understand truly, to to meditate, reflect, pray, think, study scripture through this concept, like through this lens, like your heart is a full, it's a full cistern. It's, it's satisfied in the Lord. Yeah. When you draw on that satisfaction and when you see my satisfaction in the Lord is so supreme to any of these other things and to just think, okay, you know what? So what if all my coworkers just, Hated me like yeah. okay let's let's say that that happened yeah i still have my king i still have the truth of the gospel i still have my eternal hope i still have the church like my life is still beautiful and yeah. joyful and like to play out those scenarios and realize that when we have the love of christ in our hearts we have we have nothing to lose yeah and when you learn to then apply that to whatever it is that fear it's like okay i need to be more confident in evangelizing to my coworkers you know like i'm afraid of what they think mm-hmm. of me and just learning to look through the eyes of love at them not well what what can they take from me right. my reputation well i don't really care now because my my heart is full of christ like i don't i'm going to give it all away
1: and finding so you become comfort a giver when in... your heart is
0: full you become fundamentally a giver yeah and when you're in that giving mode, you look at them in what you can give and what they need, not what they can take from you.
1: Yeah, and finding comfort in the reality of your position before Christ, and not finding comfort in their acceptance of you or their friendship towards you.
0: Yeah, and and so like what this 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 again this this pathway of like uh, fearless love, it leads you into a whole new pathway. Like lots of times, it's like okay. Lord, I need to learn to evangelize better and I need to not be afraid of people more. And it's like oftentimes the self-preservation mindset always kicks in right there and says, yeah. okay, I need to go do it more. Yeah. But it's like, wait, wait, no, no, no. You're not the boss. He mm-hmm. is. So start with a prayer. Start with like a dangerous prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord, send me people that I can speak truth. Send me situations where I can speak truth into their life and I can learn. So like you would not have prayed that prayer You would not have even thought of that kind of prayer yeah um not just lord make me stronger yeah but like lord send me situations where i have to depend on you yeah and i will see you work through me so like again this is an example of how like when you're moved by fear you have a whole different like paradigm like a whole different set of pathways you're taking yeah when you're moved by love and therefore love driven courage you're like okay I'm equipped with the love of my Father. I can I can go into that forest. Yeah. Okay, Lord, send me pathways through that forest. Yeah. Give me strength. So you're praying and you're asking for things you never even would have thought to ask. Yeah. Because the love of God, which gives courage and peace in your heart, it opens up a whole new set of ways of seeing. Yeah. You know? So it's like a whole different psychology. It's like... Right. You know, the, the 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 classic fear of Christian young people. Like what if man, what if God calls me to be a missionary? Oh no. Like like there's this fear. It's like deep down, what if God wants to take all my stuff? Yeah. That's basically it. It's yeah. like you don't believe in the goodness of God. Yeah. You really don't. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta deal with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You gotta face your own, first of all, love of things, which is so petty. Mm-hmm and you have to deal with the fact that do you believe he's good? Do you yeah. believe in the goodness of God? Yeah. If you truly believe in the goodness of God, you're going to be like, "Lord, guide my life. You know, lead my life in the direction you want it to go. Help me to see with a different set of eyes the ways that you've got for me." So these are whole different kinds of prayers. Right. This is not just, "Lord, give me success in this test." Yeah. This is this is more like, "Lord, lead me in the way that you want to use me for your kingdom." Yeah. You know?
1: And it's rooted in how we see the father because if we're constantly tense and, and preparing ourselves for impact of failure or like I'm going to do this thing and I'm so scared and just brace for whatever might happen because I might fail and everything will crumble or if we're constantly tense because we think God's going to send us really b- difficult hardships and really um, difficult trials because he wants us to be holy, do we deep down believe that God is a father who is kind of always wanting to pour some difficulties on us to teach us a lesson or is he a loving father who is pouring out love and sometimes that love comes in different shapes and forms but he always provides a way out he always provides strength and courage in that moment like he doesn't abandon us in our trials he doesn't just leave us out in the dark by ourselves and i think we have to really really sift through our hearts beliefs about god the father and how he works in our lives and what trials he sends because even in the way we talk like lord i i'm kind of done learning this lesson i just want to be done with what you're like this trial can you just i get it now can you move like can you send me something else now like in our prayers like we have a shallow understanding of God, the father and his love for us, or when we deal with a lot of blessing and abundance and favor, how do we, are we just like, enjoy it now? Cause it's going to go away. You know, like, Oh, it's just, you know, don't, don't, don't get too attached to this blessing because it's gonna, you know, God's going to take it away. Cause that's how he works. You know? Yeah. Like we I have think, incorrect understanding. Well, and connected
0: to this is we have to like, we have to, um we have to surrender the the concept of my life is my story versus my life is uh, a a pick a part of God's story yeah. like the reason we cling to stuff is we still think that God is working in my story right but this is my story yeah this is my plan my purposes, my goals, my hopes and dreams it's like, The reality is like when you surrender and you realize this is not my story. This is God's story. I am on this adventure. I am following Jesus. I don't know what he's going to bring. That's the point. That's the point is I don't know what the full story is. I know the big idea of the story as I am a disciple of Jesus, following him in a broken world to make him known and to know him and to love his church and build his kingdom. That's the big story. But how that's going to play out in my life, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, and I have these desires and he said bring... Bring your desires to me, you know, a desire to be married and to be loved and have a family and children, the desire to have financial stability and success and have a good career and have friendships that are thriving. Like we have these desires. And but, those
0: desires are pieces of our version of the story of the good life.
1: Right. But ultimately, when we say these desires or we bring them to God, we have to be open handed and saying, Lord, I I want this in my heart, but more than what I want, I want what you have for me. I want your story for my life, I want your will, and I, I want to desire your ways above what I think is best for my life.
0: You have to truly believe, like actually deep in your bones. And again, this is where meditation, scripture reading, prayer, true meditation comes in. Like you gotta believe that there may be a version of the good life that is even better than anything you imagine. Right. That he's got for you. Yeah. Like you have to actually believe that. You have to actually believe that. It's possible in 10 years, you're going to look back and be like, wow, I had no idea. I didn't
1: know what I was asking. For. And
0: I didn't know what I was asking. Yeah. And I am so joyful right now because he has brought me to this place.
1: Yeah.
0: But the journey here was hard, confusing, dark, and yeah. complex. Yeah. Like you got to believe that in your bones mm-hmm. and to realize that. Um, it's this tug of war and and really, in many ways, the story is is your restless heart learning to rest in him alone. yeah, through the journey. yeah like the true testimony, the true glory of God, is manifest in the fact that our hearts learn to delight in him despite our troubles. Yeah, like that's the story right he's gonna he's gonna bring a bunch of different things. He's gonna bring curveballs into your life to put on display the struggle and the delight. And the confidence that he exposes in you. Like Peter says in chapter first Peter chapter one, where he's like that that refining fire of yeah, trials, yeah. it exposes the shining gold right. of your true faith.
1: Right. And that's the best and it grows your faith when you realize you can have complete peace and joy despite whatever difficulty and trial you're in. When you like when you discover God's peace and love in your heart I think that's so it's so profound and like eternal and like transcendent it's it's so good for us to experience that and that's the best of God it's what he desires for your life these petty things like you know all these trinkets we we think we want God knows what's even better and more glorious and that's what he sends in our life at times where we didn't ask and didn't want and when he's giving us things that we're like this isn't what I want right now um when you believe in in his sovereignty and his goodness and his love for you you understand that what he gives is always best what he gives is always better than what you might be asking for
0: yeah and so I think that process of toppling over the idols of of knocking them down the mountain that is a terrifying process like we have to admit that psychologically yeah, yeah. like to face and to be like like you know for me there was one a point a, at a point where like i've a i've always had this deep passion for ministry teaching preaching uh understanding the bible serving the church and you know there was a season in our life where i was locked into just working a lot uh in a secular job which is not less glorious less godly it's just a calling question you know yeah and so feeling torn and yet feeling powerless and confronting my heart and being like okay what if you what if you never get to be in ministry really like you have these desires sure but what if god wants you to be a full-time rn for the rest of your life and that's it can you delight in that yeah and, like, just confronting that, there's this kind of p- process of hesitation and fear, like, oh, but what if?
1: Yeah.
0: What if this is true? But then it's like, okay, what if it's true? Like, what do you really want in life? I, well, at the end of the day, I really want, like, just to, for God is to, do his, to do his work. Yeah. And if he wants me there, then, Okay. But like that process of pushing that idol off the mountain, it's, yeah. it's terrifying. Walk
1: your fears to the end of themselves, and f- and look at look at over the edge, and say, okay, so what if this fear actualizes and does happen? What's the end of it?
0: Right, and in that in that moment, that's where you learn to embrace the Lord.
1: Yeah, and or, say, you know
0: what? That's fine, and this is my hope. Yeah, and then and then when that fear keeps coming up every day, surfacing, be like, okay, well if that's the way then that's you know so you have not to, and not I in I a, a resentful
1: that, way not in a bitter no, no, no. way but like in a joyful way like a true another contentment one that's i think very very pretty much everyone has the desire to get married and what if i never get married what if i'm alone until i die what if i'm never given a husband or a wife and never have children you know that's a real thing like face that and, and right. say so what what if that is the reality that god is gonna give for my life Am I just going to talk about it in a cynical way, like, "Well, I guess this is my life now. Yep, guess never going to happen." Like, no, face it and say, "My life is amazing because I have the greatest treasure in Christ, and my life is full, whether I have a family or not." In this, in this. Yeah, life.
0: and the tension there is, it doesn't mean that you need to completely give up on any desire. Right. Like, for me, it's like, "Well, that means I'm just going to stop de- desiring to do ministry," or for the person seeking marriage i'm just going to stop desiring marriage yeah. just forget it that's that's safety again right that's preservation again, that's still yeah. preservation yeah the tension is the true the true freedom the true courage is to say yes i desire this thing i desire marriage but i desire jesus more and so he might give it to me he might give it now he might give it way later he might never give it yeah that's okay this desire is good but this desire is not ultimate
1: right yeah
0: and so living in limbo like that living in that tension that's where the courage comes in because every day you look at this desire this good thing and you tame it it's like you're taming the idol you're 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 saying you are not my king you're not an idol you can you can you you are a gift but you are not an idol
1: yeah
0: back in your place you know like um this desire for marriage is good but it is not my king yeah. And so I'm going to say yes. And you know what? Because Jesus is so good, I'm willing to like suffer with this every day. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to like I'm going to carry the pain in a sense. Yeah. But in a sense also disarm that pain. Yeah. Because I'm saying this isn't like the definition of my life. Right. And I am willing to look beyond this fear to other things. Okay, well, what if God doesn't want me to get married? You know, what what should I how can I most use my life for his kingdom? What are things? What are maybe some some um some uh, costly or dangerous or um, steps or, or investments that I can take for the kingdom? What are some risks that I can take with my life in a sense that is more motivated by courage to serve God rather than fear to preserve myself? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Or, or reputation, you know, just tons of examples. But, you know, if I'm constantly afraid of if people are going to misunderstand me or think I'm this bad person and I'm constantly, it's like, okay, well, what if everyone hates me? Like, what if there comes a time where everyone speaks bad about me, has a bad opinion of me? Right. I have no friends. I'm rejected by everybody, rejected by all my friends, all my family. People think I'm the worst. I'm still justified by christ and that should give me comfort like walk your fears to the end well and and face them
0: and again in that fear also to face it and to be like i'm gonna try to love these people even if they hate me i'll still keep loving them it's gonna be painful but i'm gonna keep loving them because they are not ultimate yeah you know so there's a lot more here that we can talk about um you know we've opened a can of worms but um you know, it's a great opportunity for us to just reflect on the things that govern our hearts, that guide us, that lead us every day. What do we desire most? And are we motivated more by a desire to avoid our fears in life or or by a a, a joy and a deep contentment that is rooted in the fact that we are cleansed, justified and received in God's kingdom forever because of Jesus and that we are free and that he wants to use us now and and that means that we can face our daily pains and not not necessarily avoid them but to look at them in the eyes and say yep this is real this hurts but the grounding reality of the hope of the gospel is a more firm foundation to my daily joy that equips us to fight our fears that equips us to uproot the idols and even after you uproot a big idol in your life you may come back years later and there's another one growing in that same spot, it's come back. You know, it's never a permanent process. Uh, But this is where we also see the daily victory of the gospel in our hearts. This is where we see the daily joy of Christ. So thank you guys so much again for listening to us. Uh, We would love to hear what you think. Feel free to reach out to us and let us know. Uh, Share this episode with a friend if you found it helpful. And if you have a moment, please do fill out an itunes review of the podcast that helps other people find the show more easily Uh, the main areas where we're active and sharing stuff is instagram and also the website well-said.org check that out for more resources thank you so much again for listening and we'll talk to you again soon